0: Equalizer 3 destroys box office expectations. Taylor Swift's theatrical live concert release has the highest ticket pre-sales since Avengers Endgame. And Ridley Scott's Napoleon may get pushed to 2024. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And we have another episode of movie news where we break down all of the industry news so you don't have to. We had a bunch of trailer releases, some cool announcements. Scorsese and DiCaprio revealed their next film together in the box office. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wait, Wait till you hear this one. And the box office is doing well. So the box office, summer's ending. It ended up hitting $4 billion in total for the domestic American box office, so it's very good, mostly thanks to <laughs> Barbenheimer, which absolutely crushed box office expectations, but $4 billion just for the summer box office season is t- it's fantastic. 30% of that is for Barbie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but we have new releases this week. The Equalizer 3, the final film in the Equalizer franchise from director Antoine Fuqua and Denzel Washington, came out. With a bang, a $42 million opening weekend, the best opening of the franchise. It also has the best reviews of the franchise. I gave this a four-star rating on Letterboxd. I said it's awesome. A bunch of people were thrashing it. The critics were headlining, like, too much this gory sequel. What happened to movies? You can't have gore in a movie. You can't have gore. You can't have violence unless it's John Wick. Yeah. And you can't have sex anymore. Unbelievable. what What a weird time Hollywood is. This movie... Fucking blew the chain off the doors. I loved it. It was fun. It was violent. It was brutal. But also, I'm just saying Fuqua and Denzel made a really great action movie where you actually care about the characters. It wasn't just nonstop action. And I think that's why some people... Like, Letterboxd is getting destroyed. It's like, are you walking into movies being... Angry? Like, you don't want to like it. It's weird. I feel like people... I if, think they don't want a competition for John Wick. Maybe. I, I, that's what I feel like. You can have both. They both can flourish. I know. But, but that's what it seems like to me. It looked like people in Letterbox walked into this movie already deciding that they didn't want to like it. And it's like, you can't give... This movie's not a two-star. It's fun. And I think also, like... People were saying it was boring. It's like, because they're developing human characters in the story. Nah, man, you just need constant action. I bro. mean, I loved it. And audience. killed 60 people in it, Anthony. Uh, he only <laughs> killed 20 people. It was a, it was a disappointment. <laughs> but audiences uh, agree with me. So critics have it at 76% in Rotten Tomatoes. That's still a good the score. Audience has 93%. 4.1 rating on Google, 7.1 on IMDb and an A Cinema score best of the franchise and it's really tough to get an A Cinema score. So The Equalizer 3, if you like Denzel, if you like action, go see it in theaters. I had an absolute blast. We saw I saw it in an early screening the audience was applauding, like Roris applauding, when it was over. Raucous, yeah, it was great. And <laughs> Cinema Score, it doesn't mean like it's because of the box office. That relates to a lot of things, like the marketing campaign and how people are talking about it, as well as box office. Cinema Score is a gathering of first reactions from people out of the theater, yeah, um, all over the country, just normal people. Now, Barbie, second place, another twelve million dollars. Will this movie ever leave theaters? It's the new Top Gun <laughs> Maverick. I don't know. Blue Beetle, eight million dollars in its. Third week, fourth yeah. weekend. Third, yeah. third weekend, and I believe it's passing hundred million dollars. Finally, Gran Turismo pulled in another six point five million dollars. Oppenheimer, another cool five million, as well as it's getting its release in China finally, and I believe it's going to make thirty five million dollars in China. Oh yeah, because uh, Nolan was just there last yeah. week, so yeah, they must have been. I mean, that's going to be a big market for it. Yeah, so that movie's probably going to pass nine hundred million dollars in the next couple of weeks, wow. which is insane. Wow, it's now the second highest grossing R rated film. And then in sixth place, we have the new film Bottoms, which opened up from originally a 12 theatrical release to now 715 theaters, pulled in $3 million at 700 theaters, which is really solid. Yeah, it's got great word of mouth. I heard good things about it. And to put in that respect, that number of theaters, they're about... About forty five hundred theaters in America, so seven hundred is getting close to a full release. It's getting there. Yeah, that's really solid. And that budget was only about fifteen to twenty million dollars plus mm-hmm. some marketing. So I'm sure it'll make its money back. When I feel it's like gets... there's an eight twenty four movie every week. <laughs> <laughs> is Bottoms eight twenty four? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Eight twenty four. Oh, I didn't know it was eight twenty four. Yeah. Oh, anyways. Now you do. Well, let's dig- get into some bad news. So this is a rumor. It's not completely verified, but Variety is reporting this that Napoleon. Ridley Scott's epic starring Joaquin Phoenix may get delayed to 2024. They believe that without Joaquin Phoenix to help promote the movie, the film could struggle to stand out against these five other big movies coming out around that Thanksgiving window. I disagree, because he's terrible on talk shows. Yeah, <laughs> but also that's what's interesting about yeah, him. He's horrible on talk shows. He's, but he's still a star. He's a star, but he, he's not great in front of people. He doesn't like being, like, it's not like he's a yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I think that the, works. I think the film will be fine. That works. I yeah. think that they could release it. Yeah. I think you, I agree with you because it's it's Joaquin. Everyone loves Joaquin Phoenix. They're gonna see the movie anyways. It's not like Joker made money because Joaquin did a the, press tour. Yeah, yeah, it was because of Joaquin's press tour. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I disagree with this. Of n- especially nowadays, with social media being such a part of our lives, you don't need. To do a press tour, really, to make to pull it off, we I don't think. about this with the Dune delay. I, I really don't think, especially with with this movie, people are very curious about. I don't know. I don't think they needed to do a press tour. And I, the thing with Napoleon is, I can't wait to see it, and I'm sure it's going to be sensational. But you know, the period pieces people aren't turning out to lately, you sure. know. So I feel like they should just see what they got and just go for it. And something else I've noticed the last year or so online is people. Online are very excited for a new film, but they don't actually show up in person to yeah. the theater. Like, they will. DC fans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but even like, even A24 fans, like, especially with like the Bo's Afraid marketing, Past Lives, Past Lives marketing, they, Past Lives marketing was viral. Like, they were getting millions of views on their TikTok clips and their Instagram reels were doing great. And I would go through the comments and I was expecting, like, oh, this movie's gonna make like 20 million and then it makes a million. It looks like people online are not really like the conversion rate is so minimal nowadays. Where people online might be excited for Napoleon, but in, c- in terms of going to actual theater, I it's not going to be that great. I th- I don't think. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but we'll be there. We'll be there day one. And we know all of you are excited for this film, and I'll watch. Yeah, you know that Timothy Chalamet g- meme from The Little Woman where. I saw you it's, post that, it's yeah. The, it's, in the movie, he says, I'll watch or something uh-huh. like that. And someone made an edit where he's wearing 3D glasses, holding a soda and a popcorn with his hands <laughs> like this. It's great. <laughs> he says, I'll watch. I'm trying to think in this something dialogue. Like that. Because that's the scene where she's it, rejecting him. And you you know. he's like, he's like, but like, why can't we be together? <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of Napoleon, Ridley Scott revealed that he has a four and a half hour cut of the film, which he loves and plans to release as a director's cut. And I'll watch. I'll watch. <laughs> I will watch the fuck out of that. We got some cool news next. <laughs> we finally got our first teaser and poster for David Fincher's The Killer, The Thriller, starring Michael Fassbender. Is it called The Killer, of The Thriller? <laughs> 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 the Killer, which is a thriller film. The, the Thriller from Manila. Which is a movie starring Michael <laughs> Fassbender. Comes out on Netflix. It was. It's October, right? And then... I don't know, you're the one who put this in the docs. In the Knox, in the Docs, the Docs, a Docs, Docs, the docks? A Google Docs. Yeah, Docs today, man. I said Docs the first time, no, motherfucker. You, no, you did not. I said Docs. Everyone listening was like, "Did he say Knox Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> Alora. So the killer will have obviously it's a release on Netflix. There will be a limited theatrical release as well alongside the Netflix release. So unfortunately, if you don't live in like major cities like Los Angeles, I'm sure New York. Philadelphia maybe Boston like cities like that then I, you might not be able to see these in theaters which is pretty unfortunate however Sorry, the guys. teaser looks awesome great editing and he definitely cut it himself exactly and and that's going to be a, a common thread with our next bit of news because i feel like when directors are getting great directors get creative control of their trailers yes. and we see the difference between a trailer with their inputs versus A typical trailer we get from a big studio where the whole movie's in the trailer. It's not that exciting. Yes. And too much is revealed. The story is is in the trailer completely from start to finish. The killer, like, he didn't give anything away. He didn't give anything away. Yeah, uh, Fincher personally cuts all of his trailers. It's really interesting how the killer trailer is really similar to our next bit of news. Ferrari! Yeah. Yeah. So the Ferrari trailer was released, and it's also played at the Venice Film Festival. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Michael Mann is directing this film with Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. The trailer looks fantastic. There's very little dialogue heard in the trailer, but it looks like a great story about the final days of Ferrari and his team, as well as the disillusion of his marriage. Penelope Cruz plays his wife, and it looks fantastic, and just like the killer... Literally, nothing was revealed about the film at all. There's almost no dialogue spoken until the end of the teaser, but just great action sequence shots of driving as well as just great moments of dramatic sequences and, and scenes, and it looks sick, and you don't need to have so much dialogue in a trailer. You don't need to have every bit of... We need something from the first act, from the second act, from the third act. Legit. Let's get a, sh- a couple shots of the climax. You don't need any of that. And if it's out of order, it's great, because you walked in the movie not knowing what the story's going to be. So both these trailers clearly had input from their filmmakers. Obviously, they're veterans. They're legends, so they could get creative control of what they want. You know, Nolan has a lot of input. Scorsese, they haven't put on their trailers. trailers. That's why all these trailers from these great directors are awesome, but a lot of these young directors, it seems like they don't get control of what they put in the trailer, and that's why these trailers are all kind of the same. They're bland. The whole movie's in it. But, I mean, these trailers are so enticing. I love them. I miss miss seeing all these trailers like this. First reactions for that film are really dynamite, and they're saying, people are saying that Penelope Cruz is a shoo-in for an Oscar. She's awesome. People are saying she steals the show. She's terrific. And I love how Michael Mann casts two non-Italians in Italian (laughs) roles and, like, who cares? They're great. They're great actors. They, they look the part, so it's fine. It, it works. Spanish, and Italian, it's the same thing. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. the, the, the actress who plays Rick's wife she's from Italy... Spanish. She's, yeah. yeah, she's Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> she, looks, she looks Italian. It looks it's fine. It's fine. It works. It's whatever. <laughs> who cares? Someone will complain. <laughs> <laughs> and Americans can't tell the difference between the accent. I know, right? <laughs> 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 Moving on, we got kind of a trailer for Hayao Miyazaki's final film, The Boy and the Heron with Studio Ghibli. Uh, And there's no images. It's just text with some music and and a black background. It's pretty interesting. And again, we've talked about this a few times where it's this new marketing campaign where the president of the studio is really not releasing any video or footage from the movie. There are a couple images released. Some stills, yeah. I think there were 18 but we are not going to get a trailer really for this movie but the trailer it was pretty enticing it's very teasing yeah it's it a good teaser it was gives yeah, yeah i want to see it we got a huge shocker at the box office Taylor Swift's theatrical concert film presale tickets for it went on sale The Eras Tour right The Eras Tour and the film earned $37 million in its first 24 hours of presale tickets This is second only to Avengers Endgame so this beat out every other film ever ever (laughs) and it's theatrical pre-sale tickets for 24-hour window that's insane and it's projected to earn 70 million dollars in its opening weekend so this is going to be a juggernaut so apparently what i read studios aren't really happy about this but amc is like whatever bitches we're making money and we don't have to work with the studios (laughs) so amc is very happy about this they're in every other theater i think is distributing but i think amc is doing all of their theaters are playing this so that, but there have been very successful concert films in the past. Bieber had one that made like twenty-six million opening weekend. Um, Hannah Montana had like a—it was the Hannah Montana tour. Oh. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Wait, Miley what? Cyrus is the Hannah Montana tour it made like sixty okay. million dollars uh, total run. So they're often front-loaded. So this movie will probably earn close to about one hundred fifty million, maybe even two hundred million dollars. Um, so I'm this is I think this is good news for theaters cuz we love theaters and it keeps them afloat and helps them make money and they're probably getting a, a good cut compared to what the studios get. I couldn't name a Taylor Swift song but I saw like the trailer for the show and I, and people are saying it's like the greatest concert ever put on yeah. on stage. I can name a couple now. The greatest arena concert of all time. Well I mean she looks like she puts on a great show. It's important. Yeah, the footage looks yeah. incredible. It's so cinematic yeah. and, and I mean the production is absurd look what you made me do as a song because i put it in the google docs because okay. it, it was in the it was in the story because they actually chose the same release date as the exorcist believer the new blumhouse sequel directed by whatever the fuck david g- gordon green david gordon green evil dies that's tonight Evil dies tonight, tonight. (laughs) so it's in good hands, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest horror films (laughs) of the last 200 years, even though a film hasn't existed that long. (laughs) However, because of the fervent demand for Taylor Swift's concert film, Blumhouse decided to push the release date a week earlier for The Exorcist Believer so that it didn't have to compete opening weekend with Taylor Swift. And Jason Blum had a funny way of revealing this. So on... On X, he tweeted, I mean, he X'd. say Do you say x I still say tweet. Do, I, he tweeted. It's going to take me years to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. He tweeted, look what you made me do. The Exorcist Believer moves to 10-6-23. Hashtag Taylor wins. October 6th. So you're still like having fun about it, but like, yeah, it's it fucked up their day. <laughs> It's pretty funny. That's yeah, crazy. gotta give the people what they want. That's insane. I'm uh, The Exorcist is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I don't want that movie, so. I mean, it's the fourth sequel, or kind of sequel. Well, it's the the first, like, direct sequel, I guess you could say, or... No, they, they made uh, direct... They're all sequels, but, yeah. like... the, um, actress it seems played, the most the actress connected. who played Reagan played... She was in two of them. Yeah, but this one's... Yeah. I don't know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? Anyways, let's move on to (laughs) Killers of the Flower Moon news, which has not been delayed yet. And we got a couple posters which look terrific. They're beautiful. And their posters were getting hate online. Really? Yeah, I was like, these posters look great. They're gorgeous. Yeah, I thought they were fantastic. They're the beautiful, classic painting so, posters. So many angry you film people out there. You can't please anybody. Jesus. You give them floated head, floating heads, they get upset. You give them something creative, they get upset. What, like, what do you want? What do you want? Do you have to just say Killers of the Flower Moon with a black background. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! What do you expect them to do? Not show Leonardo DiCaprio's face in the fucking poster? It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Jesus. So it we got. Thought, I think they're great. Got a couple of new posts. They're terrific. I think I might get one. And it was also announced that Apple has scrapped its limited release plans because they were just going to do streaming and limited release. Now they're going full theatrical worldwide because, and even IMAX there, is because they want to get paid! Yes. These streamers are like, wait, so, so we can- If we put the movie to theaters, they'll make money? We don't have to just spend $150 million and hope that people sign up for our service? We can just actually make money? Wait, this makes no sense, guys. People actually pay for movie tickets <laughs> to go to theaters? Wait, 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 wait. And we make, may- we make way more money off box office than subscriptions? And they might still even watch it on our app still? Wait. That makes no sense. Like, uh, people never watch a movie twice. Yeah, this is insane. They're not- If they see it in theaters, they're never going to watch it on Netflix. That's- I don't believe you. <laughs> 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 they're finally wisening up. Uh, and I can't wait to see this in IMAX. Oh, my God. Looks great. Give it to my eyeballs. Give it to your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Real hard. <laughs> Next up yorgos Lanthimos's poor things debuted at 100 on rotten tomatoes and it premiered at the venice film festival the other day it got a eight minute standing ovation by the crowd people are saying it's absolutely fantastic so this film is based on the novel of the same name by alistair gray poor things it's a riff on the classic frankenstein story and stars emma stone as a woman who is brought back to life by a scientist willem dafoe through the use of a child's brain, <laughs> the naive Bella comes of age all over again. A process that is complicated when she runs off with a debauched lawyer, Mark Ruffalo. I'm very excited about this, Sounds and also uh, ghost revealed that there's a, a good amount of sex scenes. Everybody's nudity, talking about it, and everyone's upset about it. My and God, he has the same opinion as me. He's like, "What happened to sex in movies? We can't have it. You anymore. can't have sex in movies anymore. What is going on in Hollywood, man?" People will complain. There can't be sexy movies that they'll watch porn at home. It's like, like what are you doing? They'll watch euphoria. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? People what? have sex. It's, it's a part of life. People have sex, people get naked. It's it's a part <laughs> of life. I saw someone on TikTok complain about Florence Pugh being naked in Oppenheimer. It's like you realize people take their clothes off when they have sex, right? Dude, before midnight. <laughs> oh my God! Dude Guess who else was naked? Twenty minutes. Guess who else was naked at Oppenheimer? Killian, Killian Murphy. Murphy! <laughs> I saw that dude's balls at IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> he was naked as fuck. <laughs> people get naked when they have sex. Get over it. It's life. <laughs> oh my God! Why is it a headline? Crazy man. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You did see Kelly Murphy's balls in IMAX. Anyways, <laughs> we, got a, we got a sneak peek at Gareth Edwards, the creator. Last week, we went to see a little screening of about 15 minutes of the film with a Q&A from Gareth Edwards at IMAX, which was really cool to see and experience. We got three scenes that we got to see, as well as kind of him breaking them down, what's going on. Obviously... They're out of context with the story because we don't really fully know what's going on. But he did his best to kind of explain it without spoilers. Yeah. And it looks awesome. But I still, again, I, I want to see the full thing. Yeah, it looked really good. But, again, I never watched clips before a film. And we, were, we got a little confused. We misread the invite. It said uh, advanced screening of some scenes but like we skimmed it. We get a lot of emails, so yeah. they always, they're always the same email. Yeah. Like, oh, we got an invite to a creator, yeah. let's go. We skimmed it. Um, I think everyone everybody the in the theater skimmed, skimmed it, because <laughs> they said we're going to show three clips, and the whole theater was like, wait, what the fuck did he even say? <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy next to me drove two hours to see the movie, he, and then when the screening of the clips were over, he's like, he asked me, he's like, so are they not showing the movie? <laughs> I was like, Which I, is fine, it was still an yeah. incredible experience. Oh yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, still Garrett, Garrett to seems like a very nice guy, but again, I can't judge the film based on three clips out of context. Aesthetically, it looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really it cool. It looks really good. Yeah. And he described it as... And it looks you know, similar to... Uh, apocalypse now meets blade runner that's kind of the aesthetic and yeah it had a good for. vibe yeah it's really interesting you know this kind of it's sort of like a, a play on vietnam war films as well as a science fiction epic i think it's interesting to set sci-fi in southeast southeast asian landscapes yeah, it looks cool in jungle it's, uh, yeah it's a cool it. juxtaposition it, it looks awesome i can't wait to see the full thing though which comes out september 29th and you know we gotta see that in IMAX, baby oh yeah all right We got some Dune news. James, his arms jumped up when he saw Dune on the screen. I was just, you know, stretching. (laughs) It looked looked like a celebratory. Dune part three might be happening, which will be an adaptation of the second book written by Frank Herbert for this franchise called Dune Messiah, obviously. Now, it's the follow-up to Dune, and Denis Villeneuve hopes to make it after Dune part two comes out. He hasn't been given the complete green light by Warner Brothers yet, but... He says he has something down on paper, and I would be surprised if he doesn't get to make it. And then, obviously, he'll stop at three and then go back to doing other movies because I think he wants to get away from Arrakis after being there since 2018 basically yeah. yeah so I'm really excited to see if he gets to make it because it's an excellent follow-up book as well mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier of a read it's not as long so if you've read the first one I recommend reading Dune Messiah and also Denis confirmed that in Dune Part 2 Gurney Halleck played by <laughs> Josh Brolin will finally play the ballast which is a huge part of the character in the book he said that he trained and learned how to play the instrument and then they cut his scenes playing well it. the thing with it they made it because it's yeah. a, it's an invented instrument yeah. the ballast so he learned how to play a fake instrument that yeah. they invented for the movie, and then they cut his seeds. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do for the movie. There's cool photos. There's some photos from Dune where you see him playing it. Yeah, there actually yeah. are. And but it's huge for the character in the books. He's yeah. playing the balladet a lot, but he is a poet as well. Yeah, he's always he's reciting. He's always lines. yeah, it's great. So he does that in the movies. But he, but Denise said. That, like, it's something that he had to finally put in. Yeah. So, Dune Part 2, expect Gurney Halleck to play the That's set. That's, uh, that's some fan-pleasing right there. Absolutely. going to have it. I mean, look how excited you are. He's like, he's finally going to play was, the guitar! That was the one thing in the movie I was like, wait, is not he not going to play the battle set? You walked out. <laughs> not my Gurney Halleck. <laughs> not my Dune! <laughs> Alright, next up, we have some really interesting news about... Jeff Nichols' upcoming film, The Bike Riders. Now, Jeff Nichols is a super underrated director. He did Take Shelter. He did Mud, a bunch of other great films. This film just debuted at Telluride Film Festival. People are calling it Jeff Nichols' Best Film. That stars Tom Hardy, Jodie Comer, Austin Butler, and Boyd Holbrook. The film is set to hit theaters on December 1st, and it centers on Kathy, played by Comer, a member of the Vandals, which is a biker gang, and also married to another reckless biker named Benny. The movie follows the evolution of the group during a decade, starring as a local gang united by the love for bikes and led by a man named Johnny. Johnny will be played by Tom Hardy, and then Austin Butler will be playing Benny. This film is actually, it's interesting, it was based off a photo book that the photographer made capturing the life of bike riders across the country. And so they used, whoever bought the rights to that book um, they hired someone to write a story based upon those photos. Well, oh, I think you read it wrong. So she's a member of the Vandals, a biker yeah. gang, and married to another bike rider named Benny. Because I think you said married twice. No, I didn't. I thought it sounded I said like, member. I thought it sounded like it. When I was listening. I think you're just like looking at me with a microscope. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at you. I was just <laughs> listening to you. It's a metaphor, Jim. Well, you literally <laughs> held up a, a microscope. <laughs> it's a visual metaphor. No, it's, it's a physical microscope <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I said member, motherfucker. <laughs> the bike riders. I'm excited about this. <laughs> All right, tell me about this Martin Scorsese Leonardo DiCaprio movie. So, this new one, they're reuniting once again. So, so basically marty after the pope asked him to make a movie about jesus marty's like yeah i'll get to it <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get around I'll get to it when i get, to, get around it. to it <laughs> i've already done one man popey popey i've done one already popey. <laughs> <laughs> what's the pope's name um frank benedict francis no, francis, francis yeah. yeah pope popey i like popey <laughs> frank yeah yeah frank. come on frank, frank. give I'll me a break. Uh, yeah I'll get, I'll get around to I'll it. i'll get to it <laughs> so martin scorsese leonardo dicaprio have announced that they are reuniting for a shipwreck movie called The Wager. It's set in the 1740s. Wager's story is set in motion when a patched-together boat with 30 emaciated men land on the coast of Brazil. The men were the surviving crew of a British ship that was chasing a Spanish vessel and had crashed onto an island in South America's Patagonia region. Their tales of surviving the seas and elements made them heroes. However... Six months later, another vessel arrived with even more beat-up men than the first one, which ended up on the coast of Chile, this one with three men. These new sailors charged that the first men were actually the mutineers of their ship and caused the wreckage. Wow, it sounds awesome. So it's based on a book written by David Grand called The Wager, yeah. A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny, and Murder. I kind of want to pick this up and read it. I read it in a book. It sounds awesome. It does sound good. Sign me up. So they become like the first guys become like the heroes of the area. Like their legendary story. Mm -hmm. And I think they become just like very popular. And then the other guys show up and they're like, those guys actually caused the shipwreck. Sounds really interesting. Sounds like a cool conflict. And like like, with a huge cast, there's going to be some... when Everybody wants to work with Martin Scorsese. Imagine the fucking cast he's going to have. It's going to be wild. And I mean... This is the furthest back he's ever gone with a period piece, seventeen forties. That's yeah. that's pretty epic. And Leo gonna be doing an English accent for the first time. <sighs> Sign me up. Yeah, he hasn't done English yet. Yeah, he he hasn't. He's done South African. But otherwise what else has he done in terms of like an international International accents with Leo? I can't think of one he's done. Just uh just in Blood Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. South African accent. But apparently he got a lot of praise for his accent in Blood Diamond by South Africans. They said it was really good. I mean, he's one of the best, man. So that that, sound, that sounds awesome. Can't wait. It does. We got a new trailer or first trailer for Saltburn which just debuted on Rotten Tomatoes with 50% score. This stars Barry Kilgan and Jacob Elordi. It's very much like the talented Mr. Ripley when I watched this trailer. That's what I felt like. So it's about... But not enough Jude Law. Yeah, not enough opinion. Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Elori's okay. <laughs> no, he's not Jude Law. <laughs> so it's about stars Barry Keoghan who's plays Oliver Quick who is struggling to find his place at Oxford University and finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix Cotton who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. So basically... a lower-class normal person gets enticed by the lifestyle of very wealthy, privileged people and stays a summer there. So that's I immediately thought of Talented Mr. Ripley when I watched this. Yeah, yeah. But the trailer gets pretty dark. All right, next up, we got another trailer released, The Book of Clarence, starring Lakeith Stanfield. This is a funny, like, the guy he basically tries to become, like, the next Jesus because he lives in the era of Jesus. And then Jesus is super famous and Performing Miracles. He's like, I can do that too. But it's, it's like marketing. It's, yeah. like, it's like influencer stuff. So he, be- <laughs> it's he, really begins, he begins doing tricks to fool people into thinking that he's also a messiah. It looks pretty funny. I, I like the trailer. So yeah, he's basically trying to increase his power, his celebrity yeah. by being a messiah as well. Mm-hmm. And then what, what's this Christopher Nolan thing right here? The Dark Knight Trilogy is returning to theaters for Batman Day. Whoa, when is Batman Day? I'll tell you, Jim. It's September 16th. Oh my. So you can see the trilogy in theaters on only on September 16th. And that's how we actually saw Dark Knight Rises when it was released. It was a, a marathon of the three it was films. A stinky theater afterwards. But it was fucking epic. It was pretty the, sick. They, we were like, oh my god! At the end of Dark Knight Rises, the whole theater was like, yeah, let's go! Alright, here's an interesting but also contradictory... Statement from, from Elizabeth Olsen here. So Marvel's Elizabeth Olsen says she is ready to move on from Scarlet Witch. She says there's no longevity in one character. That's interesting because when when uh, Doctor Strange came out. She said she wants to keep playing yeah, it forever. Yeah, she said like, as, soon as, I, as soon as the phone call rings, like, I'm excited to do more. That's interesting. So Marvel fans, they may not like hearing that, but it sounds like she's done playing the character maybe? She'll be at Secret Wars. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> She'll be there. Maybe that we're just reading too much into that line of "there's no longevity <laughs> in one character." I mean, that sounds pretty concise to me. But that's it's just weird because last year she said the exact opposite. Well, you know, people change. People change. Maybe she's tired yeah. of it. Maybe she was like, maybe she was like coming off of like the the a, high, a of, break, and the high of it. Like, oh yeah, that was great. Things are going well. But then it's like, oh wait, do I want to do this for another three years, or ten years, or ten years? So like, could be maybe. So right, there's some news about walt disney's visual effects workers they've officially voted to unionize following the marvel visual effects workers decision the move comes as a major strikes by the writers and actors continue to rumble on and they've historically been protected by unions where those in the visual effects field have not now though as some of the other below the line workers they're looking to join iatsc aka the international alliance of theatrical stage employees Moving Picture Technicians, Artists, and Allied Crafts of the United States and Canada. So hopefully this works out and the visual effects workers can actually finally get some power and independence from the studio. I'm sure that the Disney Studios with Marvel and Walt Disney will not be the last ones to unionize oh, for the no visual way. effects workers. Some news about How I Met Your Father, the sequel series to How I Met Your Mother, already being Origins. canceled. Already being canceled. It's not an origin story. It's a sequel. It's technically an origins. Huh? It's an origins for her. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> canceled, I guess. Yeah. The whole show is an origin story. How I Met Your Mother, How I Met... You know, yeah. I guess, but even it's an it's, origins to the marriage. But even though it takes place modern day... Anyways, it's been canceled, whatever it is. That is confusing. <laughs> After two seasons on Hulu... You know, this is the... This, I, I watched, like, three minutes of this because I uh-huh. love How I Met Your Mother... Oh, were you a fan of that yeah, show? Yeah, I watched I, every season. I watched like two episodes and never got into it. I love it's great, man. It's, I think now really I remember good. you watching it. Yeah, and it this and then I watched a couple scenes of How I Met Your Father. Not even close. Not even the same show at all. Uh-huh. It's completely different. Not as funny. Tones completely off. And well, some things just aren't th- meant to happen. I mean, the Greta characters Gre- weren't the same. Greta, Greta Gerwig starred in the original uh, How I Met Your Father, and it didn't. The pilot, work. yeah. yeah. Um, it just. It didn't seem even close to the same universe of a show. The problem with like a hit TV show is... It's like nobody knows the ingredients to make it a show become a hit and a sensation. And so when they try to duplicate it, it never works. I think because, it's like based on the characters too. Though. Yeah, it's, it, and the actors bring some... You need to have that perfect casting. Nobody thought Friends was going to be a hit. Nobody thought How I Met Your Mother was going to be a hit. Like these things just... Nobody thought Seinfeld would be a hit. It's just like you can't predict it. So when you when something is a big hit, and they try to carbon copy it, It's it. they lose the magic that made it a hit. But also I think that with TV series, especially comedies these days, they're too afraid to be as brave and bold with what the comedy used to be. Yeah, wasn't that show, it was pretty... It was adult raunchy. Hu- adult humor. It was It yeah. was a lot of adult humor, yeah. yeah it was raunchy. With talk about sex a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's offensive humor at yeah. times. I mean, but that shit's funny. Yeah, That's why The Office was the biggest show ever. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's offensive as hell, but people laugh. So I think that... It's just too safe, and it's too, the, it's too same, and I remember seeing a billboard, and everyone looks like a model. I'm like, what is this show? Yeah, because, I mean, in How I Met Your Mother, they they just look like people. They're just people. I yeah. mean, they're all, you know, the actors You're, you're actors right. I, I watched the trailer for this, and I was like, they're so fucking hot, they're all too of pretty. them. They're too I mean, yeah. Hillary Duff's the lead, and she's gorgeous, but, like, when you cast this based off looks, it's not going to work. You can't relate to that when everybody looks like a 10- a how can people relate to that? How I met your mother, like you said, they look like people. They're just people. Yeah. Seinfeld, they just look like people. Yeah. The office, they're just people. They're just people. Imagine if they remade the office in America, it would just be a bunch of n- models. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what it would look like if they remade the office. Well, they don't it, ever like, do it. They're doing it in Australia, so we'll yeah. find out then. I, oh, I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't, Anthony. <laughs> Canceled. All right, the final bit of news is actually a funny one. So last year, I don't know if you remember, but. Um, this couple tried to sue a movie studio for the Danny Boyle film Yesterday, which was about the, a guy who gets in, who has an, an accident, and he wakes up, and nobody remembers the Beatles except for him. And so he starts playing the Beatles music and becomes a huge superstar around the world because nobody remembers the Beatles. So the Beatles never happened, but he still remembers them. It's a really fun movie, especially for any Beatles fan. Now, in the trailer, Anna Dot Armist was featured... Because she had a scene that was ended up getting deleted for the final cut of the film, but it played in the theater, in the theatrical trailer. There was a couple that was very upset about this because they spent money to see the movie because Anna DeArmas Armist was in it. S- they spent $12? Yes, yeah, and then when they saw the film and she wasn't in the final cut, they uh, pulled out a lawsuit against the studio, and the decision was made that this lawsuit was dismissed. Because it was dumb. <laughs> How many years of a lawsuit is that? I, I think it's it was like over a year. I think it was over a year. Like, Come on, 2020. No, you're right. It was several-year yeah. lawsuit. Yeah, so. I feel like it came out before COVID. Well, yeah, it's an older film, yeah. So what a silly thing. What a silly thing to to try to sue a company because an actor didn't end up in the final cut of the film. And it's just like they have no understanding of movies. Like sometimes, I mean, every movie deletes scenes. You just talked about Napoleon has a four-and-a-half-hour cut. They're gonna get, They're going to cut two hours from that movie. It's like it's silly. It's pretty funny. I think people should find better things to do with their time. Especially because you only spent seventeen dollars to see it. I just want to hear like the conversations of them, like behind closed doors, like how self righteous they feel. Probably bullshit. We're gonna get them. <laughs> there's no way you go to see the movie just because there's a shot of Anna De Armas in the trailer. Also, Anna Ar- Armist was not Anna Armist back then. Yeah, I this think is bullshit. 2018. I think. I they're think. Just looking for an yeah. excuse. They're looking for a way to make some cash. What are they going to make? Like $18? <laughs> what are the damages? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what, what are the damages? Psychological. $37 on tickets, popcorn, parking, gas. <laughs> Holy crap. The trauma. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Yesterday. But I when we no first no talked no about no the news, day. I think it was last year, it was put out there publicly. I think we both said it was silly and it was not going to fo- go through. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a good amount of news. There's a lot to talk about. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what happens with Napoleon because that's one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and I hope it doesn't get delayed. I hope Variety's reporting is inaccurate. But we'll have to find out. I'm sure we'll find out this week officially. I mean, if these movies stay in their release dates, this is looking like a really strong year of film. Because Napoleon, I believe, is a Sony movie. And they're kind of... They're kind of obviously been pushing stuff. They push Craven almost an entire year and in, in all of their spider projects, basically. So it's interesting to see how like everyone, all these studios are having to basically redo all their plans and kind of just like pick everything up and push it a year and drop it down. And then what happens if they have to do it again next year? If their strikes don't end, they're going to yeah. pick it all up and push it. Drop it down somewhere else. I mean, yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's too bad. I mean, because if Dune stayed in its release date and then a couple of the other films, this would have been like a fucking fantastic year of film. Dude, it would have it been is, It is a fantastic year, but it would have been like legendary with, with if those other releases stayed in the year. And then we still get the killer Ferrari, Kills of Flower Moon, Napoleon, after the great movies you already had this year. It's odd. It's really odd, especially because Wonk is still coming out we know of yeah and why why do they push doom but they don't push wonka i think that they probably don't think that there's enough monetary potential in wonka that's my guess they They don't i think that cash flow i think that you know studios they have teams and they're constantly tracking films based on online um discussions based on sharing and they can tell they have pretty solid prediction predictions and projections about how films will will debut even months in advance like ticket pre-sales are a big one so that's, those are big indicators. So I think that they know pretty far in advance if a movie's going to do okay or and if a movie's going to do really well and so they can make decisions based on that. So I think they think Wonka's going to do okay. So they're like, we're, not gonna, we're probably not going to change the release date. They also thought that Oppenheimer was going to make $25 million opening weekend. They thought, yeah, $35 million, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's because they, they have that many ticket pre-sales. Most of the ticket pre-sales that weekend were Barbie. Oppenheimer had some, but I don't know, man. It's it's just odd. There's just, but also, I mean, Oppenheimer made has made all of its money based on word of mouth. Well, that's I mean, Christopher Nolan's one of the biggest yeah. IPs in cinema. I know, but the long, like the to keep making boatloads of money weekend after weekend, it's word of mouth. It's yeah. fucking awesome. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it, and it's disappointing me. Yeah, Adam Driver um, at the Venice Film Festival doing press f- interviews for uh Ferrari he said that he actually had a great way of wording it because he said that why is it that there are some movie studios like A24 like Neon like a couple of the other that have met the requirements without problem for both the actors and writers they've met the requirements but why can't the, these huge giant corporations meet the requirements A24 does not have 100 billion in the bank exactly. like Disney does yeah Disney has more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's, it was perfectly worded. He's like, why do these tiny companies, why are they able to, why are they able to do what actors and writers want? But why can't, while the giant, huge mega corporations can't do it? And it's the same amount. It's the streaming, man. It's streaming because they don't want to, I think they, I think the number one thing for the studios, they don't want to reveal their streaming numbers. I think that's, I think that's the key thing that's holding the strikes back because. To pay residuals, we've brought this up multiple times. You have to know what the numbers really are for yeah. a show, for a movie. And I think these streamers, they're so <clears throat> interested in hiding what these numbers really are. Shh. They don't want anyone to don't know worry, that guys. are no watching it's top ten million million shows, $300 million movies. They don't want people to know that no one's not watching them. Because hmm. guess what happens? Value drops, stocks drop. Fucking lose, stuck. They lose yeah. even more money. Yeah. They care. Uh, they, they could just make better movies and TV shows. They could. They could. <laughs> they could. <laughs> they wanted. I love how quickly Heart of Stone disappeared in the zeitgeist. What? What movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I remember it was being billed as the next James Bond. And then nobody's talked about it at all. I haven't seen anyone <laughs> talk about it besides us. <laughs> Way to go, guys. Way to go, Netflix. <laughs> Anyways, hello that, was that a, wraps that was up. a lot. That wraps movie yeah. news up. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Episodes this week. We have some bangers. Tomorrow, we are dropping an episode on the before trilogy, before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. That's this has been requested for like two and a half years now. We finally are doing an episode on one of the best trilogies ever made. Don't miss that. And we just made a Patreon page on Spotify for any of you patrons. You can now listen to our Patreon episodes on a Spotify page. You can just search Raiders of the Lost Patreon in Spotify, and you'll find it. It's very fun. It makes it so much easier and much more seamless to listen to our bonus episodes. The best way to help our show grow is to share Raiders of the Lost podcast with your families and friends. It's the best way for us to hit the moon, baby. We're trying to grow. 2024, we want to Blow the lights that. off on this it. thing <laughs> as well as leaving those five star ratings. Spotify, Apple. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to movie news this week. Take care, everybody. Six, 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 six take take See, take, <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple podcast, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts and be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.